I'm Matt Swain, and you're listening to the Reimagining Communications podcast, where we will discuss the opportunities and challenges facing companies on the road to optimizing their communications for the future. I'm joined by Chris Johnson, CEO of Inlet. Chris, thanks for joining me today. Delighted to be here, Matt. Thanks for having me. So Chris, what is Inlet? It's a great question. The basic story is that Inlet is a company that delivers e-bills and electronic statements to 6,500 locations, all online, all digital. That's the simple story. The more exciting part of it, Matt, is that we do that to emerging destinations as well as bank bill pay destinations. So we're capturing what's great about what people are already doing today, existing consumer behaviors, and we're extending it into all sorts of new places too. So I have my locations that I go for my bills today, yeah. and they tend to be directly to the provider that I'm working with. So if I'm a Verizon customer, I go to Verizon. If I'm a Sprint customer, I go to Sprint. How is this approach different when you say you're delivering for 6,500 different locations? Can you elaborate a little bit on that? Yeah, absolutely. So what you're doing today is you're going to each of those billers' websites, right? And mm -hmm. you're logging in with a unique set of username and password. You got to keep all that in your memory or in your web browser. And what we've noticed is that consumers like to pay in a variety of different ways, yep. right? So I'm running a business. I've got customers who want to pay me by going to my website. Maybe some folks want to pay me by writing a check, right? And that's a declining number over time. But I've also got a lot of folks who want to pay me through their bank bill pay site or through some emerging mechanism. Like maybe they found a payment app that they just absolutely love. And so they're using that app and they want to receive their bill in that app and they want to pay in it. And so what we're enabling is that next generation of payments. But we're not enabling it from scratch, right? It's not like wildly disruptive because for years you've been able to get your bill at your bank, mm -hmm. right? So you've been able to go log into your bank website and go and make a payment and the bank facilitates that, right? Yep. They cut a check for it or more likely these days they make an electronic payment for it. What we're enabling is for you to get the convenience of getting the bill at the bank so that you can have the amount due pre-populated, the payment information pre-populated, the due date pre-populated. You might even set it to auto pay, right? And that's peace of mind for a consumer. That's what folks have been doing for years, right? We've been doing bank bill pay for 20 years. Inlet's doing some stuff to make that better. But in addition to enabling 6,500 banks for bill pay, we're also taking those bills and we're delivering them to places like Google Drive, right? right? Dropbox, Amazon Drive, a variety of others. And when we do that, it creates this consolidated location for a customer, right? So all of a sudden, you're able to get your entire financial history maybe stored in a cloud storage location. It's convenience for the consumer. It's great for the biller too, because they're saving money on the mm -hmm. cost of servicing that customer, right? Paper, postage, printing, insertion. And then they're also saving on the payment because the payment's being made to them electronically now and through a least cost channel. So that makes for great savings and great customer servicing from a biller's perspective and incredible convenience for the consumer. So bank bill pay has been around for 20 years. What's in it for the banks to be looking for evolving the experience that they've offered to those customers for 20 years. Yeah. So the first thing is why do banks offer this in the first place, right? Yeah. It's great convenience for consumers. And I mentioned that. The other reason they offer it is because it correlates highly with retention. So if you're a bank customer who goes and uses bank bill pay and signs up for e-bills and you get your bills delivered to the bank, you're like so much more likely to stay with that bank for the long term. Right. So banks love that. It's sticky. 
It's a retention element, and that's been proven in a variety of research studies. What we're doing that's a little bit different than what's been done in the last 20 years is we're delivering the actual PDF of the bill, so you get a facsimile of your actual bill mm -hmm. delivered to the bank. We're pre-populating a whole lot of metadata. There's a lot going on in the background here, right? Mm -hmm. So we're pre-populating a lot of that to make it more convenient for the consumer. And then we're also providing you access to a variety of things. Depending on the bank, you might be able to get 18 months worth of historical bills delivered there. Okay. You might also be able to get customer service and support information loaded in line next to the bill. And the biller might be able to present you with offers, right? First time this has ever been done at the bank website, that you could get offers from a biller at the bank website that cause you to say, hey, I'm really glad I'm a customer of this biller. I'm glad I'm a customer of the bank. And that rewards the consumer for being loyal to both of them. I think the interesting thing with the bank channel in particular is consumers often choose the bank channel as the place they want to consolidate those communications. Yeah. So by targeting the bank and saying, instead of just facilitating a payment, and let's face it, a lot of those payments, you wouldn't get to see the whole bill. You'd have to enter your account number. It was still kind of clunky. Yep. This really is interesting because it, it transforms that relationship. Yeah, absolutely. There are a couple other things that we're doing that haven't launched yet, but I'll give you a sneak mm -hmm. preview into, into what we're thinking here. What we're working on with a couple different entities is enabling the ability to automatically propose a list of the billers that a consumer may have, right? So based on your name and address, right, Matt, I could tell you that you might have an account with a certain utility or you might have a certain cable provider. I can propose some of those things to you. And based on the network that we have, we can also scour that network to say, hey, what data do I have that makes Matt Swain's billing experience even better? Right. And I can use this network effect that we have of all of these bills that are contained in the databases that Inlet's parent companies, Broadridge and Pitney Bowes have, to say, hey, Matt, I can make your experience easier and better. And I could do that by going and looking at these databases if you'll let me do that. Right. So you have to give me permission to do that. But once I have permission to do that, I can go and figure out you know, what bills are likely to be going to Matt this month. Mm -hmm. And can I route those into his bank bill pay destination so that he gets them all in one place? That's what we've been focused on. That's like, I think, a quantum leap from an improvement perspective in the customer experience for bank bill pay. Yep. It's something that the banks love, right? Because all of a sudden you're enabling them to get even more e-bills delivered to them and enabling a better customer experience at the same time. So that's driving more retention. And billers like it too, because you're going to pay faster, right? So you get a notification on your mobile phone through your bank's app that says, hey, you just got your Verizon bill or your Sprint bill, or your AT&T bill. Yep. You click on that, and you hit pay, and you've got peace of mind that the payment's going to be made. You trust your bank. They're going to take care of it for you. And now you've paid potentially days ahead of time electronically in the least cost way for the bank to get paid. They're pretty excited about that. Right. So you're, Rather the biller to be paid. Right. And so you're reducing day sales outstanding. Yep. You're At the same time, you're recognizing that the biller wants to still be able to communicate in their way through that bank channel. Because yep. frankly, that's been a challenge in this space is getting the billers to be comfortable with their customers going elsewhere yeah. when they want to drive eyeballs back to their own site. So this is a good compromise. Yes. And that's a great point, right? This solution is complementary to a biller direct site. So nobody's saying, hey, you know, stop building your biller direct website, stop building your app. Mm -hmm. Go and invest in this. 
the cost of participating in this kind of network that Inlet has enabled is so marginal that it's actually fully covered by the savings that you get operationally from not sending that piece of mail out to a customer. So these consolidator destinations, regardless of where they are, are really complementary to an existing strategy. And in many ways, you might think of them as extending the brand into a place that it's never been before, right? So you're taking that bill or direct experience, the richness of that bill or direct experience, and you're putting it adjacent to the bill at your customer in the place they want to receive it. That's what's totally new. And I think that's an important piece of it. The bank is one channel, but one of the big changes that we've seen in the way that companies have gone about approaching this consolidated, aggregated approach is let's not create a new destination and a new brand that customers need to go through. Let's instead leverage where consumers already are. Yeah. And I think that's really important in this chicken and an egg scenario where you need to have a critical right. mass of customers for the biller to be interested. The customer isn't going to spend time there if there's only one bill. Yeah, I think that's a great point. Look, when we think about how people have approached solving this problem in the past, right? your point that changing customer behaviors is really hard. Mm -hmm. Creating a great customer experience, that's where our focus should be. right? So when we look at what are customers doing today, where are they going on the web? right? What are they using? What kind of new capabilities and technologies are they using, especially on their phones, which is really becoming our yeah. primary computer. right? Yeah. We don't think about the iPhone or the Android as being like you know, a computer in my pocket, but it really right. is. right? right? And so what folks I think are saying is, hey, give me access to the information that I need in order to manage my financial life. right? And this is kind of holistically. Mm -hmm. We see this across multiple industries but give me the information I need in order to manage my financial life effectively, simply. What we're learning through our research is people are paying bills here, there, and everywhere. Our lives are fragmented today. Our attention is divided. There are so many distractions, but if you can find convenience by paying your bill or looking at a statement, an important statement, right? Like a critical communication from say, you know, an investment brokerage or healthcare EOB or something mm -hmm. like that. If you can do that in the interstitial moments during your day, that's incredibly convenient for you. I will say though, you said something earlier that I think is interesting, which is that changing customer behavior is hard. Mm -hmm. And some of the prior attempts to solve this problem have been all focused on, you know, getting people to adopt a new app or something like that. Right. I think there's still space for that, right? I think there's still an opportunity for folks to say, hey, we have capabilities that can be leveraged to create a new experience and a disruptive experience and frankly, an incredibly convenient experience for consumers. And when you think about who has the ability to do that, well, it would be somebody who understands how to authenticate consumers mm -hmm. in an identity verified way, right? Think about like, you know, your bank has a know your customer quality identity verification for you. It would be somebody who's got access to secure storage and frankly, anybody can kind of get that today. Yep. But somebody who's known and trusted for it would be a great contender there. And it's also somebody who has access to the payment networks. It doesn't cost a lot to run a transaction through payment networks today, but at scale, that can really add up. Right. And I think we've seen some other providers that have gotten into this space and kind of looked at it and said, eventually, hmm, this business may work for a million people, but at 10 million or 100 million, like, wow, those costs could really mount. So when you think about scaling up a business like this, you want to think about it a little bit like, hey, do you have identity verified consumers or the ability to get them? Do you have great storage and a trusted brand? 
And do you have access to the payment networks that will allow you to you know, run those payments through low cost rails? If you've got all three of those, you might make a decision like, hey, I want to launch a consolidator app, maybe adjacent to or even independent from my existing, say, bank operation. For years, you and I have talked about this as well, about the idea of creating a, think of it as like a digital mailbox within a bank, mm -hmm. right? So imagine that you could go and create more than just bill payment experiences. You could also create statement storage within a bank's website. We think that that could be part of assembling a consolidator location that has all the information that a consumer needs to manage their financial lives. You could also do that at a cloud storage site if the storage were really secure, right? Like I would really have to trust my cloud storage provider and I'd have to make sure that I've got multi-factor authentication enabled and that the data is encrypted and sharded. So playing off of the name Inlet, for me as a biller, how many different integrations am I going to have to do and how do I even start the onboarding process? Yeah. So what we've done, one way to think about Inlet from a biller's perspective is we're kind of a managed API to all of these other destinations. So mm -hmm. a biller comes in and says, okay, I want to participate in this network. What do I have to do? And our answer is, if you integrate once through our API, you can turn on all of these different destinations. So one integration enables access to all of the different destinations. Now, there's a little config work that we have to do, but we take care of that for folks. And what do you get by integrating once and achieving delivery to all these destinations? Well, normalized reporting. Our folks are up late at night making sure all the APIs are right. working. When one of our destinations makes a change, you know, we upgrade, fix, take care of all that. The other thing that's important is when you think about distributing content to a lot of different destinations, you want to maximize your use of those destinations, right? So it's one thing to hook up to it, right? Yep. And we've got that taken care of. It takes a couple weeks, maybe a couple months, depending on how much project management resource you want to put on it. But it's a pretty straightforward integration. Anyone can integrate to many of our destinations, but what they can't do is figure out what are the best practices for getting people to use those destinations, mm -hmm. right? So when you go and integrate to a bank bill pay destination, those bills appear in front of consumers who have signed up to receive them. But how do you find the consumers who haven't signed up to receive them? How do you market to those consumers? How do you drive awareness? How do you, in real time, when the consumer is going to pay their Sprint bill, for instance, do a pop-up to say, hey, did you know you can get this bill delivered to you digitally at the location of your choosing? How do we do that right in the middle of the payment flow? Those are all the things that Inlet has pioneered, right? So in addition to the sort of cost savings associated with that single integration, we've also developed expertise in figuring out how to promote these bills in multiple different destinations to maximize uptake so that that single integration that you've invested in is something that is generating you know, significant ROI for you. I think that the interesting thing, looking back over the years that I've been tracking this market yeah. as well, is looking at the evolution to the point where, as a biller, I can do the integration once. Whereas if we look back to 2011, 12, 13, mm -hmm. there were multiple companies in the market right. that if, if I were a brand that said, yes, I believe in this, I have to turn around and go and integrate directly with each of those with companies. Or pick a winner. Or right? pick a winner. Like which one's going to win? Exactly. Consumers aren't going to pick a winner, right? Consumers want choice. 
Right. And so they're going to say, hey, you got to integrate with all of them. Right? right. And that doesn't necessarily work really well with the big enterprises roadmap, right? Limited development resources, yep. limited IT resources. Everybody's got to have a business case to justify it. How do you make that work? That's our job, right? Our job is to figure out, okay, what are the right destinations in that network? And how do we make it really easy to integrate with Inlet? So that one integration to Inlet solves your sort of picking a winner problem, right? or even a chicken and egg problem around like, which one's going to hatch first, right? Like, you know, which way are consumers moving today? We all know that, you know, today's winners from a payment app perspective may be totally upstaged by some new disruptive capability that comes out. And that could come out from anywhere, right? It could come from the cell phone companies. It could come from like Verizon or AT&T or Sprint, yep. or it could come from Apple or Google, or it could come from the payment networks themselves, you know, or the banks. Everybody's a player on this like level playing field. And whoever figures out the best customer experience is going to see consumers migrating in that direction. So what we've pledged to all of our clients is we're going to keep an eye on that landscape really closely every day. And when we see consumers moving in a direction toward an app, toward a payment experience that they think is better, we're going to integrate that app. Now, of course, we'll go through all of the you know, security and, and you know, all of the rest of the evaluation that's required. But this saves a large enterprise an enormous amount of time, right? It also saves an SMB an enormous amount of time. I think the, the small business component of this is really interesting because you have plenty of small businesses that have the same needs as the big guys, yeah. but they might not have their own portal set up. They may have lots of emails, but they don't know what to do with them. And it's interesting if you can get the small business into the loop, it then makes the value of that destination that much more significant for the consumer who's looking for one place to go to manage this whole communication cycle, very much like they used to when you went to your physical mailbox at the end of the driveway or on your right. on your doorstep. Yeah. Look, solving the small business problem is the holy grail, I think, in the bank bill payment space. It's certainly the holy grail in a, a lot of other spaces as well. But think about it this way. If I go to my bank today and I try to pay a small business, I have to type in the information for the small business, right? Mm -hmm. I have to get the address right. I have to type in an invoice number maybe or something so that the business can reconcile it on the other right. end, which means I have to have the bill in front of me, right? When I do all that and I hit pay, that typically issues a paper check. I mean, this is the, right. the crazy thing right. about bank bill pay, right? Is you, you do it all online. It's great. It's a terrific experience. And then what happens on the back end? Paper check gets issued. That's a lot of cost to the bank. So everybody wants to electronify, if you will, that connection to the small, medium-sized business. What we're doing there has enormous potential, right? Both for cost savings, but also for enabling faster flow of funds, which we talked about earlier. Our hope is that by adding more small businesses to our directory of businesses, that experience that I described to you where you could go in and say, you know, hey, find my bills for me, present me with my bills, like match my name and address to my bill, would also enable you to surface small businesses that want to send you a bill as well. One of the things that we found is that in a lot of different industries, the business that's billing you may be different than the service provider. So for instance, this is common in the medical industry, right? Where increasingly you may see Dr. Smith, but Dr. Smith is part of a larger practice group. 
or Dr. Smith may be part of a hospital, may bill through the hospital, right? And so you may get a bill that you don't really understand, right? Or you may try to pay Dr. Smith when in fact he can't take a payment because right. it's somebody else, checks gotta be made out to somebody else. So those are the kind of problems that we can solve on the back end through the integrations with Vinland. One curiosity for me is the evolution beyond a screen scrape approach where many businesses were going out very much because of the chicken and the egg component mm. that instead of getting the billers to buy in, instead I'll just ask the consumer for their credentials right. and log in on their behalf and scrape that content and pull it to a centralized location. I'd be curious to hear your thoughts on screen scraping and the alternatives and why you wouldn't want to screen scrape long term. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. When we look at screen scraping, let's go back 20 years, right? Yeah. We all looked at it as like, hey, here's something that needs to be done to enable you know, us to get up and running quickly. The reality is we've never as an industry established standards that are widely adopted for having a credentialed connection to a database that a consumer has enabled. And so we never as an industry have really gotten past screen scraping. Right. Lots of different efforts, right? Fundamentally, the way to get started quickly is with screen scraping, data aggregation, call it what you may. And there are a lot of different flavors of that. That said, at Inlet, what we press to achieve every time is an integration with a mailer that enables a consumer the convenience of not having to remember their username and password. So you might have to remember your username and password, and you certainly do to get to a bill or direct site. But what we find more and more is that only a small percentage of the customers who are credentialed for a bill or site actually visit that site on a monthly basis. Mm -hmm. And it's incredibly costly to billers to run a top tier, you know, really terrific bill or direct site experience. So what we press our billers to do is to our biller customers and our statement producer customers is we press them to adopt our capability to use a name and an address as the fundamental identifying criteria. And then we can supplement that with other things, right? Other personally identifiable information that only the consumer and the biller know. It might be something printed on the bill. It might be something that you know is a shared secret between the two. Yep. But those connections unquestionably are where we want to take the market. Now, when you look at how do you do that at scale, right? And who has done it at scale? It's a challenge, right? It's yep. a build over years. It's not a build over months. So we're continuing to press that. We're also participating in a variety of industry initiatives around identity and credentialing. But I think, you know, if you said, hey, how much longer is screen scraping going to be out there? The answer is it's going to probably be out there forever, right? Because right. businesses actually use those credentials for a variety of different purposes. It is today the token to get access to your content. Well, it also is interesting to think about the consumer or the customer that has no credentials, but you're delivering to that centralized right. location can, yeah. because you've bypassed the credentialing and the need to set it up. You've, Great point. You've bypass that inertia. Yeah. So we can achieve that because of the name and address matching capability. Yeah. So you're projecting that screen scraping will be around forever in some capacity. What are some of the other things that you foresee in the next three, five, 10 years in terms of evolution of this market? Yeah. Well, I think, you know, unquestionably we've seen the market is becoming more mobile, right? It's more, you know, and by mobile, I don't mean app-based necessarily. Mm -hmm. I mean, like it's done on a mobile device. That has a variety of implications, right? Mobile devices are great for notification, right? They're great for remindering. They're great for payments, 
all of these things, I think, will start to come together over the next couple of years. It's going to be complementary to the way that people pay their bills and interact with their producers and companies that they do business with today. So I don't think it's replacing Bill or Direct. I don't think it'll replace bank bill pay. I think all of those things will continue to get better. We're seeing some incredible investment going on, frankly, in, in bank bill pay amongst the three major platform providers today, upgrading the UX, upgrading right. the experience, investment in mobile. All of that's really good. But when you think about it, wouldn't it be great to know that you've got a bill due, to be able to see that bill, to be able to look at the transaction level detail on it, to be able to schedule that bill for payment and do it all in the elevator on the way to this interview. Yeah. And over time, what is machine learning and what does AI start to do? You know, if my bill is within a certain range, just automatically pay it, right? You right. could tell Siri to pay pay any, you know, pay any mobile bill that's in between this price and that price. Right, auto pay with limits. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And you know, honestly, that's not new technology. Right, like that's been built into some of the bank bill pay systems for years. Mm -hmm. It just hasn't been exposed in a way that consumers are able to use it and incorporate it into their day to day lives. So a lot of what we're talking about is just, you know, it's creating UX and customer experience improvements on top of existing capability that extends that capability into places where consumers want to use it. But I, you know, I think that the biggest changes that we're going to see from a future evolution perspective are people are going to say hey, look, my bills and statements need to reach the customer in the way that that customer wants them to reach him or mm -hmm. her, right? Historically, we had all this regulation that said it had to go into a post office box or to a physical mailbox somewhere. Then we said, okay, no, it's okay for you to have e-delivery, right? And that means that you're going to send the customer a notification via their email, fill up their email box, that the, the bill or statement is available on your website. Now what we're seeing is those are two options. Consumers want a lot more, right? And if I can deliver that bill or statement to a cloud storage drive and notify you on your cell phone and get your payment done through Apple Pay, wouldn't that be a better experience? Right. Right. So that I think is the way that this market sort of evolves from a payments perspective. Statement producers, you know, slightly different story. What you're looking for there is more interaction with your clients, right? Mm -hmm. More understanding maybe even more analysis. So when I get you know, an investment broker, like I just got my 401k, my quarterly 401k report, right? So when that gets sent to my cloud drive, I get a little notification on my phone that says, you know, the report is here. But what I really want to do at that point is like talk to my broker or yeah. interact with somebody who's going to help me figure out how to retire someday. And that is now a point where you can trigger, maybe trigger a FaceTime conversation, right? maybe trigger some sort of a live interaction via chat. And so you can do all of those things around the statement. The document itself becomes the artifact, and that artifact can drive activity and action. I think that's where our market's gonna evolve. Excellent, well, Chris, thank you so much for joining us today. Matt, thanks so much for letting me be here. Certainly. I'm Matt Swain, and you've been listening to the Reimagining Communications Podcast. To learn more about Broadridge, our insights, and our innovations, visit broadridge.com or find us on Twitter and LinkedIn.